Welcome to the Connect Her podcast for female entrepreneurs that are ready to level up personally and professionally. Here at Connector, we believe you are always one connection away from your next life-changing opportunity. So buckle on up and join us as we connect you with the most sought-after experts who will be sharing their exact strategies and experiences that helped them reach success. We're your hosts, Sam Conaway and Rachel Haig. We are the brains behind Connector, which is not your typical boring pitch-fest networking community. And we have transformed the lives of over 10,000 women through events, mentorship, and of course, connections. Let's dive in. Can I get a boo? Yeah. What is up, connectors? We are here. We're in the studio, y'all. It's Rachel here and Sam here. We're in the studio, and we realized we had extra time, so we said, why don't we just wing an episode? Because we're human. Why don't we just pull something out of the booty and talk about something? So we're here. (laughs) No notes. No notes. Other than maybe four bullet points that probably won't even be talked about. (laughs) This is just a conversation. This is in the back of our minds. This is if you ever sat in on a meeting with us and you were wondering what we talk about. It gets weird. Here it is. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about it now. We're going to talk about it. So I want to talk about getting scrappy. And I don't mean fighting in the streets scrappy. I mean getting scrappy in your business. Because sometimes when we think about becoming an entrepreneur, when we're dreaming up that vision in our childhood bedroom, we feel like it's a perfect route. It's like I have to hit this milestone, this milestone, this milestone, and then boom, I'm going to be rich and successful and a millionaire and have this perfect life, perfect business, perfect client experience. And the truth is, for anybody that has built a business, we know, we've learned, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. You have to get scrappy. You have to make things work. You have to do things last minute. You have to pivot. And that's our topic for the day. Yeah. I was going through my old diaries. I have lots of them. And I was looking at them from when I just got started in entrepreneurship. And I would journal the heck out of those papers with my tears as well. They were included. And in those journals, a lot of them said, I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not doing good enough. I feel like I'm giving it my all, but I'm having so many issues. I'm struggling with my mindset. I feel like I am spending hours and hours leaning over the computer, typing away. I would literally wake up at 7 a.m., sit at my computer all the way until 10 p.m. and still feel like I was not doing enough. I didn't feel like I was enough either. I felt like I was so terrified to launch a program back when I was doing fitness online. I was so scared to put it out there. I'd put it out there for one day and feel like I was rejected because I didn't get a flood of people raising their hands saying, hey, I want this. And it was very, very difficult to push past those moments to see There is more on the other side of this. There is something that you can achieve and you will get there. It just takes the patience, determination, consistency. And so one of the questions that was asked at one of a previous podcast, I want to ask you too, Rachel, is what... Ask me. (laughs) And we've done an exercise (laughs) with this too of what is it that you needed to hear when you were first getting started? What do you wish somebody would have told you around those stages where it just feels like you're not doing enough or you're not good enough? It's not so serious because I've had that, too. I have plenty of diaries and there's like 
You know when you go through your old diary and you see the tear on the page and you just feel for your old self? I got a lot of those. It was, I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I have this, you know, my old company was a marketing agency and I was fairly successful in it, but I still every single day wrote down, I'm not doing enough. I'm not enough. I had a whole team and what I wish somebody told me or what I wish that I could tell my old self is that it's not so serious. The reason why I had those beliefs in my head in those moments of I'm not enough was because I thought that I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't checking all of the boxes when in reality, what I've learned now, I mean, our company is very complex. Connector has so many different pieces. We're almost running three, four different businesses all in one with everything that we do. And I still feel like it's not that serious anymore because we don't have to check all the boxes. We don't have to be perfect. We're able to just go at it with how we feel for the day and show up and be our weird self and not have to be this sophisticated certain version that we envision ourselves having to be to be an entrepreneur. That's not that serious. Just be yourself and it'll work. You know, you might fail a little bit, but you'll fail forward. If I would have known that, I wouldn't have held so much weight and expectations for myself. Yeah. I think when you're like stuck in the thick of it and and we still go through seasons where like it gets a little tough, like that's entrepreneurship, like you, it gets tough during that harder season where you don't know what's on the other side, whether that is your bank account, whether that is your clients are not rebooking with you or they're not renewing with you or whether that's dealing with difficult contracts or, you know, whatever comes up or employees leaving or you needing to fire people like when you're in the thick of it, it is so hard to trust that this isn't going to be the season that you're in forever. It's hard to trust that if something is not for you, it's because it's working in your favor and it's meant to be let go. That's clients, that's employees, that's certain friendships as well. And if I could go back and tell myself, you're not going to feel all of these fears forever. You're going to work through this. You just have to stay consistent and do not give up on yourself ever. Do not let yourself feel whatever emotions. Let that in. Journal it out. Talk about it with trusted people that are going to inspire you to keep going. That's important. And then know you're not stuck in this. There is another side. Anyone that's ever created anything monumental, important, big, they have had to go through this. And you are strengthening your toolbox every single time you go through another hard season. It is working for you and trust in that and put two feet on the ground and say, I can get through it. And I guarantee you will. And you're going to come out stronger each time. I agree. And one thing that you said there really stands out to me is find someone to talk to and go through it with. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing I did when I started entrepreneurship was isolate myself mm -hmm. because obviously, you know, you, you grow up and sometimes your family are entrepreneurs or the people you grew up with are entrepreneurs. And so you, you can't talk to them about it. And in my head back then, I didn't think there was other people thinking like me. Mm -hmm. And so I just isolated myself, locked myself in my room, you know, going all in, like you said, for all day, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. on your computer. Mm -hmm. And then you have that no outside support. And the couple people you do have in your life, maybe that's your parents, your friends, your family, they love you dearly, but they don't understand your vision. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you go to those people, they're not giving you the answers that you want. They're not right. encouraging you to follow this vision because they don't understand this vision. 
And so a piece of advice I would give myself starting out entrepreneurship is to seek other people that have accomplished what I want to accomplish or are at least just as passionate about their visions as I am about mine and literally just co-work next to each other. Y'all don't got to be best friends. You don't have to talk all the time, but like sitting in the right rooms, going to coffee shops, like surrounding yourself with people that are also doing big things. There's so much momentum and just drive that comes with that. Yeah. You start to realize that your fears, your pain points, like those rock bottoms, like you're not alone in that. Every single person, like if you get in the right rooms, you'll realize that people that you see is so huge and successful, they are experiencing or have experienced the exact same emotions and feelings that you have. And it's really important to understand that when you're talking to other people, because first, you you realize you're not alone. Second, it gives you hope. And I think hope is so important to know they did it, I can too. It's like the man who broke the four-minute mile. The first time that he broke it, all of these other competitors started, or runners, they started to break it too because they needed to know, they needed to see that it was still possible. And when I was first getting started in entrepreneur, I would listen to the stories of the most successful people that I could find. I would listen to all their backgrounds and I would find out that there was drug addicts or there were people that grew up in jail or in a different country and they had to come over. They grew up in poverty. All of these things that were working against them. And I realized they still made it. They still did it. They still took all of those really hard things and they were able to switch it. And if they can do that, and I don't have nearly as hard of a life as maybe they do, but you know, there's things that are real in mine that are still difficult. But if they can do that, then I can do that too. And even if I wasn't surrounded, like for me, I, I was also pretty isolated at that time. I didn't know who, I didn't know where to find the right people. And so I would just put in my headphones and listen to podcasts and listen to stories of successful people and do what they have done. Listen to their stories and realize, you know, if they can make it work, so can I. I mean, the listeners are, they got their headphones in, they're listening to a podcast. <laughs> so they're one step ahead on that. Hey. But no, I really like that perspective. And the truth is you can't solve a problem with the same mindset that got you into the problem. Mm -hmm. We talk about being scrappy in business. We talk about like constantly pivoting. Mm -hmm. It's not about pivoting in a new strategy in your business. It's about pivoting as yourself, like every day becoming a new and improved version of yourself and surrounding yourself by other people that are also following their big visions and having that community support also gets you out of your own way. Mm -hmm. It helps you see bigger. It helps you think bigger. It mm -hmm. helps you see where other people are making moves and maybe you're not going to make that same move, but then it opens up your view space to see other opportunities for yourself as well. Yeah, definitely. And when we were first getting started with our events company, we actually threw 60 events back to back to back to back. You may have heard this in a separate episode or you may have heard that before, but back to back every single Sunday we threw an event. We had zero at the time, it felt like we weren't qualified to do it. Maybe we were. I don't know. We never threw events before, what so not really. What is the definition of qualified? It didn't feel <laughs> right? like we had that, but we still <laughs> did it and we moved forward with it and we were just trying to figure it out. We were trying to figure it out, but we were taking messy action. We were getting scrappy with it. We were, you know, not, we didn't have an entire plan. We didn't have an entire business at the time. We were just getting people together and we thought, you know what? We're kind of good at this you know what, this is actually working for us. You know what, 20, 50, 100, now 200 people are starting to show up at this. Let's figure out what offer we can give them that's going to add value to their lives. And that's what birthed 
the, the, <laughs> the business plan. But I remember just getting started, not feeling qualified and also, you know, feeling like a huge imposter. I would ask myself all of the time, why would anybody come for you? Why would anybody want to listen to you? And I, I kind of forgot about that thought that I've had because we just kept doing it over and over and over and over again. It just started to become second nature. And I think when you take action, those limiting beliefs start to break down and go away a little bit too. So with that momentum, it brought me back to our last podcast event, our live one. When we did that, I was sitting there and I had that thought come up. Why is anybody listening to you? What do you have to say that's important? Why would anybody pay attention? And so I think imposter syndrome, sometimes it doesn't entirely go away. And then after the event, this woman came up to me and she said, you were incredible. Like I got so much value. I want to be like you guys one day. You have it all. You are so successful. I want to like, and she just started like raving and I started to cry. And she was like, why are you crying? <laughs> and I was like, because I had a moment while I was sitting up there that I did not feel any of those things. And for you to say all of that, like, just know, like, I take every bit of that to heart. And I truly, truly like, thank you for saying those things, because in, you know, I still have moments where I don't feel like that. So full circle that <laughs> wrap that up. I think imposter syndrome, it doesn't entirely always go away, but you can still build the plane while you fly it and people are going to listen they're going to pay attention and you have no idea who's watching that is just like sees the world in you yeah I think imposter syndrome definitely comes in seasons I had a lot of imposter syndrome when we started our podcast mm -hmm. I was actually talking to my life coach the other day about it and she's like how's the podcast going all these things and I was like well, I mean, I speak on stages all the time. Every every single month, right, we have events. Like, I, I'm always speaking to a crowd. But speaking to a camera, that camera's like staring into your soul. It's a little different. And I started to get imposter syndrome around who would listen in to this podcast versus mm -hmm. having the entire event experience, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we force them to sit down and listen. <laughs> right? Even if you get up, we're like, get back in your seat. Like, you guys can turn this off at any moment. And so it's just a different a different journey, right? Imposter syndrome comes with seasons, but imposter syndrome was also, I think, what led us to our most valuable pivots. Mm -hmm. I think back to when we started our events, not that we weren't confident, but we would be <laughs> we'd be sitting there like, who's going to show up? Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope people like, come to this. <laughs> one person came, two people came. Oh, my God. Like, do they, they do they know we're the people running this? Like we had this like less confident than we are now mm -hmm. and we would start to share that and then as we shared that vulnerability of like hey guys thanks for coming like we didn't know if anybody was going to come today and we shared our uncomfiness we would hear those girls that were like no this is the best Sunday I've ever had or this blah 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 or like when we started getting into media we realized we wanted to start at least taking photos at our event so we started to talk to photographers it all started with venting to some girl and being like we don't know how to take good pictures. We got our iPhone. And then she's like, oh, actually, I got a photographer for you. So each time this imposter syndrome or concern came up and we allowed ourselves to voice it to other people, that's when the next step, the next pivot came to now. Obviously, we have events where we've got full AV teams and full media crew and all the things. But that didn't start in the beginning. Mm -mm. No, we started with a balloon on a table and we said, <laughs> this is what you get. 
this is all and it worked and it worked because it was about the meaning and the intent behind it and we cared we truly care about every single woman that shows up and that listens and you know we talk about it all the time the ripple effect is the number one thing that motivates us it's the fact that if we can facilitate an environment or an experience or, you know, this podcast, if we can facilitate something that helps you in your life and transforms it even just a little bit, and that helps you show up different for the the woman next to you or your partner or your child or your coworkers or wherever you are. You know, we've helped a lot of women step into like fully going all in on their businesses. And that's been amazing. And I could actually, I'm not going to take credit for any of that because they did that. They did that by themselves. So we just helped bring them together, bring them to the right resources, but they are the ones that need to take action on that. And so our number one motivation behind anything and everything we do is, and and we'll never fully understand it. We'll never know the ripple effect that we create, but we know in our hearts that it's happening and that's what keeps us going. Yeah. So for the listeners listening in that maybe you feel like you can resonate with that, or maybe you're wondering if there is that ripple effect happening within what it is that you're doing right now. We didn't feel that we were impacting people until we had been in the thick of it for quite some time, hosting Mm -hmm. events every single month. For us in the beginning, we wanted to make it all about the community. We wanted to make it all about just bringing women together and supporting other people but we never actually saw the connections that were being made. We didn't see the relationships, the transformations right away. It took time. And so one of our mentors told us at one point of time to, how did he say it? Talking about your bank account, not correlating with the impact that you're making right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your your numbers might not be there, but you have it. Yeah. And so if you are in your business and maybe your numbers aren't where you want them to be, keep going. Like I know that's such a like surface level thing to say, but keep going because that impact is happening. People are going to be impacted. They are going to make new connections. If you're trying to host connections, they are going to learn something if you are teaching and they're not going to tell you that it changed their life until it happens 10x amount of times. And then one day it's all going to hit. It's almost like that overnight success thing. One day it's all going to hit and you're going to realize Your bank account does match what it is that you've been impacting for. And so many people have been impacted. And then once you get that one share, it comes to two shares and three shares and four shares. And you realize that you're really absolutely changing lives. Yeah. And to uh, share kind of a story of or an example that Rachel and I had gone through is. What are you going to tell them? (laughs) I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous to share this, but I think that it's important when we were first getting started, we put everything into the business. And I'm talking any drop, any penny, any number that we had to our name, we put it in because we trusted that we could do it. And it was really scary. And even though we didn't have the full picture, we didn't know how it was going to happen. We just felt something within us. Let's go all in and let's do this. And we invested everything we had. And I will tell you what, there was nights where we did not know if we were going to be able to pay for our food. We were. I have a tip. This is what I used to do. I would invest my last dollar into the ticket for the networking event, and then you'd find me at that food table. That's where I was networking because that was also my dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I don't think we've actually really talked about it enough. 
And we've changed a lot of our mindset around money since then. And we make sure the the talent is getting paid. We're the talent, right? <laughs> and we used to not have that mindset. And I think that it's, you know, for a while when you're getting started, like get scrappy with it and put everything in. We put all of our eggs in one basket and we trust it and we put our backs against the wall and we burn the boats behind us. And we like, we don't have a choice but to make this work. And there was times where our coffee got declined. There was times where I had $40 to my actual card. And this is like my personal card. And I didn't have credit cards that could be used at the time. And we were throwing an event and Rachel had called me and said, hey, can you make sure that you get all of our volunteers a a Starbucks gift card? There was four volunteers. Each of them needed a $10 gift card. (laughs) I had $40 to my name or like 40 and change, which was enough for like tax. And I looked at it and I was like, okay. And hung up and I just trusted, you know what? It'll come back. And I put that card in. I got the volunteers and I said, here you go. (laughs) Here you go. And you know what? Shook a little bit, but also I knew it's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. And there was times where Rachel and I were stressed out. We were having a hard time. We were just trying to figure it out. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? If we can find joy, if we can find fulfillment, if we can find happiness in these moments when it is hard and we don't know what's going to come, we can find that when we're at the top too. We will have that in the top and we will make it to the top, but we have to enjoy the process of this pain too. And we did. We, we learned to enjoy it and it came back around and it all started to come together and work out and we started to, you know, money started come in and we were able to stay afloat and pay for things that we never thought we would be able to pay for and it all worked out. Yeah. And I want to note too that this doesn't have to be the listeners. This doesn't have to be your story. Right. If you're at a point in your business where maybe the bank account doesn't look like what you want it to or the impact doesn't look like what you want it to be, you don't have to use your last $40 to buy your volunteers some Starbucks gift cards. Okay, Mm -hmm. but I really want you to take a moment and recognize what sacrifices you do have to make to serve your vision, because no success comes overnight. The people that we see on the Internet where it's like, boom, I'm a millionaire, like they've been grinding in their garage for hours. okay? and so whether it's your bank account, whether it's your time, whether it's your energy, whether it's, you know, sacrificing maybe a little bit of time with friends or family or something that you need to do, that sacrifice will pay off. And putting our volunteers first, buying those Starbucks gift cards. We we have a volunteer that's actually coming to our team dinner and she's a part of everything that we do now because she's been with us from the beginning and we love her so much. She's part of our team and she's going to be a team member like the people that you put yourself forward for in the beginning will be with you until the end. And if they're not with you until the end, they're going to be with you for the time that they're meant to be with you. And when you pour into other people, they will pour back into you or it will come back to you in another way. I want to talk about just other stories of us getting scrappy, kind of starting, because I, I really like this vulnerable side. 
a lot of times at our events, women come up to us and they're like, how did you do this? How did you put this whole thing together? Like, how do you have the AV and the media and all these incredible speakers? How do you know these speakers? How do you do all these beautiful things? And it's really hard to voice like well, we started doing AV events back to back and we we're exhausted and we were burnt out. It's hard to express this vulnerable side. So what this journey? I still have videos of that. I still have PTSD. Um, <laughs> The blue tape. <laughs> the blue tape. Oh, so God. what this journey for, it was Empower at the time, or it was Austin's Boss Babes at the time. The inner circle. Yeah. What this journey looked like is we did do 60 to 80 back-to-back events every single week. And this really helped us flex that muscle of learning what it's like to facilitate a space for other people and nurture other people and host events. I think it was such an important part of our journey that really set us up for what we do now and the experiences we provide. But it burnt us out. It burnt us out hardcore. Not only were we putting every freaking penny in, we weren't even really charging for our events. And if we were, we were only covering like food and what people were getting that day, the notebooks, right? And so we were really just exerting not only our energy, our finances, everything for these events. The support and love that we got in return was 100% worth it and the, mm-hmm. the value, the learning. Fast forward, we hit that point where we hit burnout. We both were exhausted. We were not paying the bills and we realized something needed to change because in order for us to provide the best experience and be intentional with our events, we have to serve ourselves first. We have to be able to not just pay ourselves, but make sure that we're getting some sort of return for our energy because if our cup's not full, We can't pour into other people's cups. And that kind of transitioned into us getting more clarity on exactly who we wanted to serve. And that was female entrepreneurs. And so this is around the time where we started to realize how much value we can provide and not just facilitating events, but really wanting to provide value, education, deeper support for our community of female entrepreneurs so they could not just connect with other people and network, but move the needle forward in their business. And so it was our first ever Inner Circle Members event. Again, this is all coming out of pocket, but we were like, we want to get intentional with this event. We want it to be a better experience. This is when we were announcing that we were changing our name to Empower. And we decided, okay, we want it to look pretty, so let's get a balloon arch. We want to feed everybody, so let's get nice, fancy food. We want a videographer, so we're going to get full video of this so we can start to get out more media. But we're on a budget. We're on a freaking budget. So, yeah. Do you want to talk about the sign? Do you want to talk (laughs) about the fact that there was no AC? What do you want to talk about first? (laughs) So, yeah, great sounding in theory. (laughs) People showed up, which was fantastic. Yeah, we got the food. We got wine for them, too. We, you know, paid for... So, okay, it was the night before. Rachel sends me a message. is like, I need you to come over right now. And I was like, okay. So I come over, and she is in her, like, shorts and a tank top in the garage. It's 100 degrees out, and she is painting a sign (laughs) that says the inner circle on it. (laughs) And she's like, can you grab a paintbrush and help me? I was like... For sure. Let's get in. Let's do this. And honestly, it didn't look half bad. It was just really freaking heavy because it was on like a (laughs) 10 foot like board. So we couldn't we couldn't order a banner. One, it was too last minute. Never done that before. Two, it it was it cost too much. Right. So I was like, okay, I can really like buy white and pink paint, a cheap paintbrush and 
a giant piece of wood. Wood wood costs were not as much as they are now back then, okay? So I just bought this huge I have to we'll have to put a picture on social media. This huge freaking board. We still have it. It's going to be it's going to be in our office one day for sure. But that thing was for sure like 40 pounds. It was freaking heavy. It was heavy. Okay, so we get the board, we paint it up and let it dry overnight and then we have the balloon arch that we order from Amazon and now it is T minus an hour and a half before we start the event and the balloons are not blown up. Our speeches are not written. Our, our outfits are not on. I don't know if we're showered yet. What were we doing? I don't really know before that. Just not managing time well, which seems to be a repetitive occurring thing pattern here. However... It's an hour and a half before we start. I'm sitting there writing our speeches. I'm like, what the, what the hell are we going to even say? <laughs> oh, we brought all these people here. And then Rachel's sitting on the floor, like about to pass out. Because <laughs> she's blowing up like 50 balloons and she's lightheaded as hell. And she's like, can we please switch for a second? I'm about to fall over. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Not only that, we then blew up. We put together the whole balloon arch, which is freaking hard. Shout out to any like party company, events company. I don't know how y'all do that. Obviously, you probably got a machine, but (laughs) maybe it was too lightheaded, but that was hard. Uh, We put together the balloon arch. We then realized we were doing this in our own house and Sam's dog was like shedding everywhere. So all the balloons were (laughs) covered dog hair so we had to like shake it out and wipe off every balloon static everywhere hair was standing up (laughs) we had self-tanner on that was like melting off of us we then realized we had to get the balloon arch to the venue and it did that's a whole car (laughs) we stood in the bed of my truck and held the balloon through the windows over the top holding it drove down the street all the way (laughs) drove down the street like five miles per hour all the way to the venue literally just threw on hair and makeup very very last minute threw on hair yes i have hair extensions we did that (laughs) we threw hair in we made it happen we got there self-tanner it stinks okay we were sticky there was no ac yeah so this event we decided to you know we're on a budget so (laughs) The venue was like, we can give you a discount if you do it outside. And we're like, yes, we love discounts. We'll do that. Get us a fan. Except for it's the middle of summer and it's hot as hell in Austin, Texas and And humid. humid. (laughs) And so the sun's not setting yet. We get out of the car, we put the banner up and we don't have the proper tape for the balloon arch. I don't even know what the proper tape would have been, but we had blue tape. Balloon arches need tape, but we had painter's blue tape and really <laughs> taped that shit up. It does not look great in photos, but so yeah, if you it look at it, if you it look worked. at it, it was like supposed to be our photo op <laughs> spot, and all it is is a bunch of like blue tape with like balloons falling off and so now okay it's all set up looks terrible but we're like you know what let's roll with it let's be scrappy theme of today right we were scrappy and the women start showing up we had you know one two ten twenty thirty women i think eventually showed up we had a check-in sign all that and they're sitting there and we're like rachel they're sweating (laughs) We don't have enough water out here. Let's go get more water. <laughs> you want to like, talk about the one woman that like got up? 
Yeah, we're like, okay, ladies, we're gonna get started. Let's just pretend to be happy. We're getting some ice waters out here. And this one woman comes up to me and she was like, it is hot. I'm going home. And she like walks across the street. And I was like, she rolls her eyes like, is like, I'm out of here. What is this? Like, (laughs) and honestly, we probably should have been very like, upset that that had happened but we're like you know what let's just keep going let's just keep that happened i just yes we just we didn't have enough time to like sit and worry about it because we had 30 other people we were trying to make happy and you know we're they're dropping off like flies at this point (laughs) i was about to drop i was still headed from the balloon arch and we're having them do a meditation with us and they're all like holding hands gotta be clammy hands probably gross and the videographer is there and I guarantee, like, in the videos, you can see sweat coming off of these Not women. only that, we're, like, deep in this meditation. And everybody was, like, loving it. Like, from my perspective. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we got to ask some of the ladies that were there. But we, we felt like, okay, we're actually starting to facilitate an event. People are getting deep. They're getting vulnerable with each other. It was everything we wanted besides the heat. It was what we wanted, the, the culture we wanted to create. And they're deep in this meditation. We're about to wrap it up. And there's just this loud car horn. <laughs> like mid-meditation. And we were like, just keep going. So wake up, everybody. It's over. Um, yeah, so it wasn't necessarily, like, I wouldn't call that a fail. I would call that we learned a lesson. And, you know, we, we did it scrappy. And you know what? That was the first time we ever sold at an event. And we had an, uh, we had an offer that we really were excited about because we knew it had so much value and that all of these women would really benefit from it. And women still, like, they stuck through the entire of the event. They said that they enjoyed it regardless of the sweat. And it's all about the community and the culture that we still were able to bring. It didn't matter if the tape looked terrible. It didn't matter if the banner was painted the day before. It didn't matter that we were, you know, hyperventilating right before it started. It mattered that we got present. We were there. We cared about every person. We showed intention behind everything that we were doing. And it was the first time, again, that we we presented an offer. And a lot of them moved forward with it. And we were like, this is awesome. And a lot of them are still a part of our community to this day. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are showing up in our community as leadership, serving other women, helping other people, showing up to our events, volunteering every day, like speaking on stage. They come up to us frequently and they're like, I can't believe where this started and where it's at now. And they feel so a part of something that, you know, started with a hot, sweaty box (laughs) that then turned into beautiful production and lights and just as much as love that we can put. But one thing we never changed is who we were, how we showed up and our intention. And I think out of that whole crazy story, that's the most important piece. Yeah. If you take anything from today's episode, I don't want it to be, I know Sam and Rachel's story now. I know where they started. I want it to be, look at where you're at right now and look at that big, scary vision that you're headed towards and recognize that you're on the right path. You might have these thoughts of, I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, uh, imposter syndrome's getting me, I feel like I'm isolated and alone and I'm just grinding it out right now all by myself, but you're on the right path. You might have to do these crazy scrappy pivots. Maybe you're also sweating in the garage painting a sign. I don't know what it is, but you're on the right path. And there's going to be a day where you look back to this moment of where you're at right now and you recognize that it was all worth it. 
I would not change a single thing about that inner circle event because we learned a lot. We realized how passionate we were about no matter how hot it is, how much is not going right, how bad the blue tape looks. We're in it to serve people. And it made us have a deeper passion for what we were building. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate y'all listening to this episode, listening to our story times. If you like story times, send us a DM. Let us know if these are helpful, if it's enjoyable, if it's entertaining at all, because we love sharing our journey of and we have countless stories. So let us know. I know we do. And we love it. So let us know if you like you like podcast episodes like this or what you do like or what you want to see. Send us a DM. Show notes are below. And we love y'all. See you in the next episode, Connectors. Yeah, connect with us on Instagram. DM me. I respond to my DMs. You can now send GIFs on Instagram in the DMs. And I'm here for it. So I will respond to you with a funny GIF, I promise. Is it GIF or GIF? I always say I don't GIF. Know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. We love y'all. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Booyah. Booyah. Thanks for tuning in to the Connect Her podcast. We are your hosts, Sam and Rach. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, make sure to connect your friends with your favorite episode, leave a review, and download that favorite episode for later. And remember, you're always one connection away. We'll catch you in the next episode.